a podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. Hello. Welcome to Short Fuse. Hope you are well. Uh, and also, we've got a little new feature, so I'm going to have a letter every week. And the letter this week is E. There you go. Anyway, I don't know why that's there, but why the hell not? Let's talk about our top story today. And the top story today is all about smart meters. Oh, yes, not so bloody smart. Don't know if you've got one. Who's got a smart meter? Pre? No. No? You decided not to go. Alex, you got one? No. Rob, in the new house? No. Anyone in there got a smart meter? Yeah. No, only Freddie. Typical Freddie would have one. Anyway, most normal people haven't had a smart meter yet. Only <laughs> people like Freddie got one. Uh, and the reason is because, frankly, the energy companies have been pretty crap at getting them out, right? And uh, the citizens' advice has basically said this idea the government has of having everyone doing them by 2020 is ridiculous. We're never going to make it. Extend the deadline to 2023. Um, 53 million smart meters are supposed to be uh, sent out in the next two years. It's never going to happen, is it? Um, and what they've said is that their helpline has been flooded by people calling up who really have a problem with the equipment and often they have a problem with the fact that once they change suppliers, if you switch suppliers, what happens is sometimes especially the first generation smart meters, they stop working. And the interesting thing about all this is a recent report from a, a group of MPs said that on average, once you put it in, for most people, a smart meter will save you 11 quid a year. What is the point? So uh, I think this is absolutely spot on. This is a bit of a folly. They, they sound like a good idea. Trouble is, we haven't got enough technology built into our houses for them to work. Secondly, we don't have enough engineers to go and install them. Thirdly, the whole system and the pressure placed on the suppliers, and here I will defend suppliers, is not fair. So if the government wants this to be done, and I sort of agree that with the uh, parliamentary report, do I really think that these are going to save us lots of money? They make, it, make us more uh, energy aware, but I'm not sure about saving uh, lots of money. Citizen advice is absolutely right. This deadline should be extended. And if we're going to do this, it needs a lot more investment than we've got at present. Okay, next story is traveling to Oulala, La Francais. Woo. And uh, we went to Paris. Didn't we, Alex? We had a good time in Paris. Pre's been to Paris, punched around. And if you go to Paris, you know that there are uh, regions in, in the city called arrondissements. That was quite good, wasn't it? Arrondissement. And these arrondissements are the, like little neighbourhoods anyway. Uh, Angers, uh, which is a big, obviously, energy, called NG here. I don't know why it's called NG here, but Angers in France. Anyway, they've teamed up with Nexity, which is a real estate company, and they're developing uh, a plot of land, an industrial area, uh, where they're going to have, basically, an eco-city within Paris. This will be an area with houses, hotels, all energy efficient, all smart, dare I say, all connected up. And they are hoping to get it built, I think, Pri, you said within five years, something like that, yeah? Four, Twenty, to four to five years. So there you go. Now, you could say this is a real plug for an energy company trying to say, oh, here we are, look at us, what we're doing. I think it's quite a good idea because if you've got what we call brownfield sites, you know, land that's not being used, 
and you really think that you can show the public uh, visualizing that if you do these things, if you put in certain measures, they work, why not create a test place to do it? And um, you think this is a bit weird, but if you're old enough, like me, sadly, you'll remember the Docklands. So the Docklands was just a complete, desolate, frankly, crap hole in the uh, late 70s. And then early 80s, there was development, this thing called LDDC came in, the London Docklands Development Commission. And if you go there now, loads of people, loads of houses. It's the newest part of London, really. Huge area that is much, much, uh, you know, well, the, virtually the city's moved there. So you never know where this could go. And it would show that if we had a clean slate with the technology we've got now, what can we do? I'd be very interested to see if this place uh, does get built, which, you know, they, they've started the uh, negotiations about this, uh, what it means and how, uh, you know, how energy efficient it really will be. If you can see a, a city, a part of a city such as Paris, like London, a huge metropolis, a really old city, if you can see a part of it now being run in a very different way from the rest of it, let's see just how efficient uh, this, this part will be. So quite an interesting one to watch. And the final story in this question, I can't even read what this, apologise for bad internet connection. It's a bad internet connection. A, a bad internet, sorry, yeah. If you are watching this, it's a bad internet connection. Anyway, so um, nothing to do with us, I hope. No, something to do with perhaps with Virgin or someone else. There are suppliers, so there you go. Uh, right, uh, the last story is about uh, water. Now, we've had the heat wave. Although you wouldn't think it now, because we've obviously got the storms, and I got soaked. My new trousers, my new shoes got soaked. Um, but we've had uh, parts of the country in drought, and obviously we had back in the winter, not that long ago actually, up until March, we had such a long winter. Do you remember the beast from the east? You do. And lots of people got cut off. I think 200,000 people got cut off. Well, um, off what has been looking at all of this, and at present... If you're cut off uh, from your water supply, which, let's face it, we can just about do without power. You can't do without water, right? You need water. Uh, you, need to, you need water to live. So of all the utilities, that's the one. There's a red line. So they, um, if you're cut off now, you get £20 for a day, and then you get £10 for every 24 hours after that. Um, off what says that's not enough. <coughs> excuse me they want to update compensation and they think there should be a consultation about this now if you look at where we are with water we really haven't got as much water as we think in this country some parts we do <coughs> but other parts we certainly don't and the real problem is there's a lot of leakage there's a lot of leakage in the pipes a lot of leakage in the whole system so I think the compensation part is an interesting one. Yes, you should be compensated more as a consumer. You're paying for it. Since we privatised the water industry, we're all paying a lot more for it, but you'd say that we're getting a better service. But I think unless we sort out these issues, too much water leakage, perhaps stuff that's going on in terms of how we're actually uh, utilising our water. We, you know, we use too much ourselves. We waste it. People having 17, 20-minute showers, for God's sakes, in the morning, that sort of stuff. But the conversation, it should be right, because if you're cut off from it, it shouldn't be something that you suffer from without some sort of financial compensation. But the truth is, it's so vital. Of all the utilities, 
it is the most important one. So I'm glad that they're looking into it. They want to start a consultation, which starts in September. But if that comes through, then if you are unfortunately cut off from water, then you will receive better conversation in the future. All right, that's our news bit for now. Let's move on to this week's viewpoint. Now, this is a very interesting story about drugs. Drugs, man. Unfortunately, we used to have someone here at the ELN who was quite good on this topic, wasn't he? But he seems to have disappeared now. He's left us. Hello, Georgie. How are you doing? Uh, so basically, uh, drugs are there. We all know drugs are there. And a survey has shown uh, that 10% of UK workers admitted to taking drugs, okay, at work. And 16% suspect a member of your team is taking drugs. I won't tell you what the figures are for this office, but let's say our new recruit, Harry. How many cans of uh, Red Bulls are you going through? About four a day. That's someone covering something up, don't you think? Anyway, um, what's that all got to do with the energy industry? Well, a company uh, called Intelligent Fingerprinting have created a sweat analysis tool. Very interesting. You put your finger on this thing and it reads your sweat and you can't hide what you took so that then gets detected and it can detect cannabis uh, coke uh, amphetamines also known as speed and other drugs that you may uh, find in other places um, the sampling is very quick and they get a result within 10 minutes and then you obviously can uh, uh, give the person a, a right rollicking or perhaps give them a promotion, who knows where you work. Where is all of this got to do with us? Well, <clears throat> in the energy sector, let's be serious. We work in a very dangerous field. A lot of people out there put their lives on the line using high tension cables, electricity, gas, all of that. And so HSE, you know, health and safety is so important in that. You really do need to know in all seriousness if your staff have a problem and you need to be able to help them to get around it. But you certainly shouldn't have these people working on fixing things. And so what this uh, company is trying to do is raise the awareness and help utility firms to do this. So what do I think about it? Well, you could say there's, there's two things. What, when does your private life stop being your private life and become your work life? Well, I think if you come into work and you are still hungover, which many of us have done, including myself, you could say you're affecting your job, okay? <clears throat> drugs are a very different thing. Because drugs are one of those things that can not just be something that affects you after a, a weekend out, but um, can be something that's actually an issue, a real issue. And you have no idea how some of these drugs will affect you in a work job that is incredibly dangerous. So if you are installing a, a huge mains electricity point or you're putting in a, a gas pipe or you're doing something, you know, on, on a high building, installing a solar panel or something like that, and you're still under the influence of whatever you took, then you're at risk not just yourself but up to loads of people. Will this take off? I don't know. Um, companies have their drugs policies, all, all big companies do. Uh, we've got one here, which is, we don't want to know, but uh, no, we do have a drugs policy as such. Um, and you really should not be allowing this sort of stuff to happen. Whether monitoring is the way to go, I'm not too sure. 
I think perhaps there is a case for saying, you're going to do this big job, we're going to test you. They do it with pilots. You know, pilots, you, you hear it all the time, a pilot is taken off the plane because uh, they did a test before and he was too drunk or whatever, and stuff like that. So, you know, doctors, nurses, they have to do these sort of things. So it could be something that comes into the utility industry. I think it's one to watch. I do think uh, having some sort of checks are good. Whether mandatory testing is right or fair, that's a debate for other people to have. Let me know your views. Let us know what you think. Get in touch with us. You know the usual stuff. Drop the emails and all of that stuff. And now we're back to the classic. It is the Hack Hutch. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm very good, thank why, you. Why, oh, why, I don't know, it's... What's happening here? All over the place. need some more stuff. Okay. Um, you thought I was being very sexist earlier about yes. donuts, didn't you? Yes. I said, so because I bought some donuts. Oh, go on, you tell them. Because I'm the only woman in this office. At present. And Sumit said, well, guys, would you like some donuts? So okay. I thought I was being excluded, there which I think you would agree. No. Yes. Now, guys, a generic term, isn't it? Uh, not anymore. Uh, not in this century. Not in this century. <laughs> anyway, and you don't eat the bloody donuts, so don't give me that. Well, maybe I wanted the, to eat one the, today. <laughs> the horse took him, didn't he? Nay. Did he eat one, Alex? I didn't see him. I had one. I'm guilty of that. So Alex had one. Yeah. And Harry spilled half of it. But anyway, that was not me being sexist. Okay. We'll being see. sexist is like going in the kitchen, but I wouldn't do it. Christina's watching now, Alex. <laughs> uh, right. Go ahead. Okay. So, first one. Yes. The price rise. This is hilarious. Come on. Um, so Once British Gas, yeah. <laughs> so this is British Gas um, announcing its second price rise for the year in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and this was kind of expected, I guess, um, because, because we had figures. EDF yes. initially. Uh, earlier this year, EDF said it, was in, it would increase um, uh, energy prices for the second time this year. And that's going to come into effect at the end of August. Uh, but because uh, Centrica released, which is uh, the owner of British Gas, released its uh, profits mm. uh, last week. So it kind of hinted that it could be uh, increasing the, their energy prices. So and what have they put this surprise. down to? I, I saw some of the stuff that we've written and also in other places. Mm. What was their excuse? Uh, so it's something that we've been hearing almost every single time anyone increases their prices, and that's wholesale energy costs wholesale energy in addition costs. to uh, the government policies yeah, to support policies. the low-carbon yeah. uh, economy. And what's why it's uh, it's also interesting is because Ofgem as well, mm. um, I don't know if you saw the story about, uh, Ofgem recently said it is also increasing the amount that suppliers uh, can charge vulnerable customers. Yes, uh, £47, that's, pounds, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, £47 pounds a year, it's been increased. Yeah. Um, so Ofgem also said that's because of the wholesale energy costs rising and that's due to the rise in oil prices feeding in. Um, so, I, so, I mean, it was, it was expected that British Gas used Ofgem as well in their statement. What, do you know the percentage so. it's gone up? So by. that's 3.8%. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to add about £44 pounds to the average dual fuel bill. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will take the total up to £1,205 a year. But they, they, haven't they got rid of their standard variables? They're getting rid of all of it. They want yeah. to get everyone onto these fixed deals, Fixed deals. So yes. So um, as part of, obviously, the government and Ofgem's drive to yeah. get rid of standard variable tariffs, British Gas said it it has started to do so. So there's no new standard variable tariffs for new customers. Um, 
so any so if you're with British Gas mm -hmm. and your contract was coming to an end, instead of like it used to be, you would be automatically moved on onto to standard, standard variable. variable tariff. Now you're going to be moved on to the fixed tariff. Um, but that fixed tariff that you're going to be moved on to uh, is also increasing. Um, but uh, British Gas said it's uh, cheaper than it's um, uh, than the the standard variable tariff currently so what, what interests me is that always i mean energy firms we we accept that if prices go up they have to put mm. prices up you can see that the wholesale price but they always seem to announce it right now don't they just whenever oh, most when people are on holiday away. exactly <clears throat> uh next one uh next one from westminster city council mm -hmm. uh, another interesting one because it is uh it has launched a consultation um to in, in order to improve uh, air pollution, uh, improve air quality mm -hmm. uh, in the borough, it is suggesting a surcharge in parking for polluting vehicles. So this is for diesel cars, right. so old diesel cars that emit a lot of emissions. Um, so what it's suggesting is a 50% increase in parking fees. Wow. Um, so rather than uh, drivers paying £4.90 Pence, yes. Uh, they would pay seven pound thirty-five pence. And that's for an um, hour, for how long? An hour. Uh, an me. hour, yes, that's an hour. I, I, I think it's more than that, isn't it? No, it's, it is an hour. I think per hour. Yeah. God, that no. No, because a... because parking in central London is very expensive anyway. Yeah, but I thought it was even more expensive than that. But anyway, go on. Um, yeah, so up, it's going up to, or it's expecting. Hof, uh, it hopes to increase it to seven point three five. Uh, and if that does go ahead following the consultation, so as part of the consultation, anyone can uh, submit their comments, mm -hmm. uh, their views, so any household consumers. Car, yeah. <laughs> um, so if it goes ahead, 284 streets will be affected right. uh, across Westminster. You don't know where Westminster is. It's the heart of London, so the centre of, of, of the capital city. Uh, and the reason why um, they're doing so, like I said, is to improve air quality. Hmm. Um, but a trial at Marleybone and Fitzrovia mm -hmm. um, earlier this year found that uh, the number of polluting cars in the area reduced by 16%. So um, it's hoping to, to introduce this but after. This is, yeah. this is, I mean, look, diesel has now become the sort of devil world, isn't it? Like coal mm. is it's seen in the same way. Well, we've had the tea charge. You interviewed the mayor, didn't you? Yes. About the toxicity charge. charge. Yeah. yeah. So that came in. Was it last year? I last think it year. Was? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're getting rid of. You, I mean, it, it does seem to be a bit of a literally uh, money grabbing scheme because if you really wanted to get rid of them, you could say, right, ban all diesel cars from central London, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd say get rid of them, but you're, you're just charging. People. I mean, it will obviously eventually be banned as part of the government's yeah. plans, but I think it's I think it's a step in the right direction if. Says the if person you who can doesn't buy, drive. If you can buy a petrol car, yeah. um, you might as well drive that since it's. Well, a lot of people buy diesel because they do a lot of mileage. Yeah. Certain member of our team, Jeffy, does tons of mileage, doesn't he? Mm. So he, he gets a diesel. I don't know. I Alex mean, is nodding, so I don't know if he's saying he's agreeing or he's disagreeing. Uh, Alex is just nodding because he listens <laughs> to music, so that's got nothing to do with Anyway, um, okay. moving on. So moving on to uh, last story uh, about mini nuclear power stations. So mini nuclear the UK could stations. see mini nuclear power stations uh, in the future. Uh, You're saying mini, not many. Mini. Teeny weeny ones. Teeny weeny ones. And this uh, mini nuclear power plant are also called small modular reactors or SMRs. Ah. 
Uh, generally, they have a capacity of less than uh, 600 megawatts. What? Um, and experts, uh, an independent group of experts that was convened by a base earlier this year, uh, to look into small modular reactors or small nuclear power plants have actually backed uh, pr proposals or it's actually giving uh, government the green light to say hang on you can actually support or provide subsidies for these yes. nuclear power stations because obviously there's it's a very controversial technology no but it, it, the idea is that these would be very easy to build much quicker than yes. what's going on and much cheaper and much cheaper yeah and I know that China is looking into another nation. We've done stories yeah. about that, haven't we? Yeah. What do you think so, about this idea? So what they've said is, um, so if you compare it with the Hinkley power plant, mm. Hinkley is expected to cost over £20 billion mm -hmm. for one project. Uh, this, they say, could cost between £100 million and £2.3 billion. Right. So obviously the costs are significantly lower than yeah. a big power station. Um, and as Sumit said, it's going to, as well as with the costs coming down, it's going to be quicker to build. Uh, expected to be more uh, efficient too. Mm -hmm. uh, so they said, just like the government has supported offshore wind, yes. the offshore wind industry about how they've given subsidies and set up a supply chain funding scheme, uh, they should do the same with uh, this um, small modular reactors. And they they think this could potentially be delivered by 2030. If, if the government supports it. One thing very interesting, I mean, you've been writing stories about nuclear reactors for years, obviously. <laughs> uh, when we sort of started, it was all about building three or four big plants like Wilfer yeah. and Hinkley and all of that. This looks like a step change in direction, trying to make nuclear more affordable, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. but obviously, like with Hinkley, we've had the big nuclear power stations before. Yeah. So we've kind of got that technology in a way. Yeah. But with this, it is obviously um, a new technology coming into... Uh, mainstream uh, energy, the energy industry. So it, it is going to take a bit of time, even though we say it's going to be quick to build. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hinkley is being delayed and we don't know when we're that's going to happen. So, but I mean, if this is a cheaper option and mm. more efficient, cost effective, it's quicker, yeah, then I guess it could be an option. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And you did a story about fusion as well, didn't you, in the week? Nuclear fusion, yes. In this America. Is something, yeah, this is something that I'm I'm still trying to get my head around, to be honest. Robert believes in it. <laughs> Rob thinks we can capture the power of the sun in the palm of our hands. Don't you, Robert? Yeah. There you go. And Rob is working on it. Yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> anyway, and that's it. And that's it. And if you've got any stories uh, for us to cover, or if you want us to come and film anything interesting, uh, you can send us an email to stories at energylivenews.com. And enjoy your weekend. It's a classic pre-goodbye. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Pri. Uh, right, let's give you some dates for our diaries. And let's start with our power ride, the power ride. And I'm delighted to say it's taking place on the 19th of uh, September. Well done to Dan Sullivan and the guys and girls at CNG. Thank you so much. Uh, you've joined us and you're going to be doing your event up there. And also all uh, the guys at, uh, guys and girls at, I can't say guys anymore, can I? You've thrown that into me. All the people at PowerDirect. Doesn't sound very right, people. Anyway, uh, two lots of companies who have decided to back us. And we'd love you to get involved. So it is the 19th of September. We've got our own uh, power ride taking place in Redbridge. Come and join us. All you've got to do is cycle around a track, no cars, it's totally safe. We've got a, um, a road bike track and we've got a mountain bike track, which Alex liked a lot last year.
come along, join us, and for every kilometer we're asking you to just donate a pound. So cycle around, and we're going to try and get to 10,000 K uh, around the country. So we're going to earn 10,000 pounds. So big, massive thanks to the guys at CNG and the guys at Power Direct who've got behind us. You can do your own. Just count the miles you do on that day, on the 19th September. Uh, count the kilometers you do coming into work. Have your own little ride. Organize your own thing. Get your own event. It's a great way to network. And also, in the week where we've had all these prize rides and stuff like that, it's a great way of showing how well and how caring so many people are in this sector. We're raising money for rheumatoid arthritis. You probably know I've got it, and we have uh, some of our friends in the energy sector also have the condition, and we're trying to raise that money, so we're gonna do something really good with it and put it straight into research. Please get involved. So the 19th of September, drop us a line, give us a call in the office if you wanna get involved, or email us, and we'd love to see you there. Moving on, we are registering people right now. Harry's on the phones, we're all on the phones for Expo. Expo is taking place on the 31st of October with Claire Perry, the Energy Minister. Delighted to say that Ian Funnel from ABB will be joining us, the CEO of that. And we're hoping to get two or three other big CEOs. I've invited them this week, so watch that space. We're gonna have 30 sessions covering everything on three major themes. The first is what is the future of supply? The second will be about energy independence and the third will be about the technologies we use, including things like blockchain and obviously the smart grid stuff. If you're an energy end user, it is free. It is absolutely free for you to come along and you will be able to network with your peers. You'll find out loads. It's been a great event. It used to be called the conference. It's now the expo, so we've got to expanded it more and you'll be able to find out about not just the policy issues that matter right now, but also the strategies you can take into your job to counteract the challenges up ahead. So get yourself registered. Harry will be sending emails out. Please reply. All you've got to do is say yes, and we'd love to see you there. And then to end the year on uh, the 6th of December, we're back on the lovely Silver Sturgeon. We're celebrating the second Energy Life Personality Awards. Uh, get involved with that. You'll find the details on the website. It's a party you don't want to miss. Okay, um, any shout-outs, Fredo? Yeah. Oh. Kevin Corcoran. Yes. Rewater. Have I had any leakage in my pipes recently? Yes. Have I had any leakages in my pipes? No. I service my pipes regularly, as you should, as should all people. Once you keep on top of your pipes. Kevin, you know just how they are. But I heard that you've had a few blockages lately. So I tell you what, I've got, I know a really good plumber might be able to help you out. Anyone else? No. Oh, not even Vicky. Where are you, Vix? That's outrageous. She's working. Yeah, there you go. All right. And finally, and this and finally, uh, we sent Johnny out. This was a test. Sent Johnny out to make a film as quickly as possible. It's a dog's dinner, wasn't it, Alex? Dog's dinner. Anyway, he went out to talk about the heat wave just as the thunderstorms are broken. But in all seriousness, we um, asked people about uh, the massive, huge uh, rise in uh, summer deaths. We've had 1,000 people. Can you believe that? During the recent heat wave, 1,000 people have passed away because of the extra heat and the pressures. But we asked people in the streets around here whether they thought this was a sign of climate change and, you know, 
is this global warming. What's really interesting is the general view, wasn't it, Alex? People weren't, they were quite happy with it. <laughs> we're so used to such miserable weather that most people are quite, you know, quite happy with the, the, the sunshine. I think a lot of people were worried, though, about the effects of this on the vulnerably, uh, like whether it's the very young or the very old. But in general, we seem that most of us, God, we're desperate for a bit of sunshine, so it's not too bad. Okay, and then just to end with, apparently, I think we should do this all the time. It's not, was it International Lion Day? Yeah. Roar. Roar. There you go. So if you're a lion, you know a lion. If you've eaten a lion bar, hurrah. Pause for thought on that one. Get it? How bad is it, really? <laughs> Alex liked it. <laughs> right, ladies and gents, have a lovely weekend. Next week, we're going for a little team day out, aren't we, guys? Woo! Woo! We're going to see the Meg. We're going to, it's not horrible. We're going to see him film about a giant prehistoric shark. Sounds good to me. Megalodon. Meg, Megalodon, not oh, Megadon, for God's sake. That's why she wanted to see, uh, what was it called? The, uh, what's the little one about the, um, the Incredibles 2? Yeah, you did. You want to see the children thing? You want to watch the little people's movies? No, we're not going to say. We're going to see the big shark eating people. Chomp on this. That'd be great. Have a lovely weekend. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Thank you.